1: Good morning! Good morning! Good morning! Good morning? I mean to wish me a good morning? What do you mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not?
0: Please go away, let me sleep for the love of God!
2: Hey, a cover song is basically a remake, right? Yeah, so a sunshine of your love was featured on True Lies, and not the cream version, the living color version. So that's like a remake of a song and a remake of a movie. Yeah,
3: yeah. that works for me. How clever am I? Yeah, super, <laughs> super smart. Have you ever seen
2: the movie that True Lies was a remake of? No, no, it's I haven't. La Totale.
3: <laughs> yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine what that film is like without a Tom Arnold and a giant like jet plane. Like, how do you re- and Jamie Lee Curtis stripping Yeah Like I mean I suppose you could have A lot of other people stripping Well the original sure. title Has an
2: exclamation mark in it Like
3: True Lies doesn't Yeah well True li- I mean <laughs> Most French movies Have an exclamation yeah. mark Don't I they I don't know if True Lies Would True Lies Work with an exclamation mark How would you say that True Lies Yeah <laughs> <laughs> It'd be like a John Lovitz moment Like I'd, I'd be more inclined To put a question mark At the end of it Tru lies? <laughs> True Lies <laughs> True Lies True Lies Hey, did you know
2: um, they tried to get like a sequel off the ground for years for True Lies?
3: That doesn't surprise me, considering how long it seems to be taking for that thing to come out on (laughs) Blu-ray, or any on any yeah any James
2: Cameron Cameron movie. Tom Arnold made a movie a few years ago called The Kid and I, which I highly recommend to people, and he played a fictionalized version of himself. And in that movie, they were making True Lies too, (laughs) and Arnold Schwarzenegger and Jamie Lee Curtis came back and reprised
3: their roles. How good is that?
2: I know uh, Henry Winkler and Linda Hamilton were in it as well for some reason.
3: Wow. Why wouldn't you get, if you can get Henry Winkler, get Winkler and Linda Hamilton in your movie, why, why, why wouldn't you? Well, how's that? One minute in and already off topic, dude. Yeah. <laughs> That's what we
2: do. What I meant to say was uh, this week's episode is all about remakes. It's that dreaded word that uh, movie geeks reject. <laughs> well, we're going to be discussing some of our favourites. We'll probably have a laugh at some of the worst ones too. And um, thanks for tuning in. You are listening to Good Movie Monday, the podcast presented by FakeShemp.net. We are the home of the Nerdy Cinematic Ramblings. My name is Glenn Cochran, and every day I thank the Lord for the Shaggy Dog remake. And <laughs> sitting in the other chair Said is Ben. No one ever sitting in the other chair is Ben Helwig, who I only assume considers Wynorski's The Wasp Woman to be the greatest remake of all time. G'day, Ben.
3: I was going to, I thought you were going to say not of this earth which uh, I do indeed because it was it was Tracy Lord's first non-porn actually I don't think it was her first non- porn performance but it was super early on and she'd said like uh, well I don't want to do nudity in, in the film and Jim Minorski says, well, like I love you Tracy, but if you don't do nudity I can't use you in the film. Well, she's in the film. Let's just say that. Let's just say that she's in the film. You haven't referenced Jim Wynorski for quite a while. I, I know. I'm, I've been holding. I've been holding off. I was like saving up <laughs> right. till that we do the show on Jim Wynorski. And you wynorski would all over me. Yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, the very idea of doing a show about remakes
3: is probably enough to to piss most people off. Um, but we're up for it. We are, Look, and I, do, I do. I've got a question for you. Does it count, and I hope the answer is yes, <laughs> does it count as a remake if it's just a new version from the of the source material?
2: That's an adaptation.
3: Well, no, you yes. But, you know, like, um, okay, so what's a good example? Uh, Wages of Fear. Wages of Fear is a movie that's based on a book. Sorcerer is... <clears throat> are you doing... Yeah, <laughs> that's one of your movies. Well, okay, but so, so okay. Well, then it must be yes because Sorcerer, according to William Friedkin, yep. Sorcerer is not a remake of Wages of Fear. It's it's the William Friedkin version of the book of like adaptation of the book. Yep. So, but that still is. So, is May it a remake? No. I, I say yes. May as well skip my yeah. my recommendation then. <laughs> I'm just paying you back from roadside profits. <laughs> 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 I wasn't going to talk because I've got one. I wasn't going to mention that one. I wasn't going to ruin it for myself. <laughs> Well, why don't I do Rollerball instead? (laughs) Uh, No, I'm not doing Rollerball.
2: (laughs) Anyway, uh, we digress. The show, of course, is made easier with the generous support of uh, Four Pillars Gin, Eagle Entertainment, the Astor Theatre, Lunar Driving, Umbrella Entertainment. So thank you to all of them. And, of course, a thank you to the guys that uh, chip in every week. So on today's show, you'll also be getting a weekly dose of the good stuff from Jarrett Garn from Monster Pictures, uh, Guillermo Troncoso from Screen Run will be dropping in. Adam Ross from Triple M. And those mountain people from Bonehead Weekly will be here too. <laughs> gotta love those guys, even though they just stick it to me every
3: time. Yep. <laughs> they love sticking it in. Pulling it out. And then sticking it in again. Destined to be a cult classic. Tracy Lord's in
0: Not of This Earth. Priced at just $89.95 and to stir up the rental and sales excitement on this new release retailers with qualifying orders will receive a full-size custom-designed Tracy Lord standee for display see your distributor for details Tracy Lords in Not of This Earth
2: <laughs> mate re- remakes they're a funny one like generally speaking I'm one of those people that's against them and yet when you actually put your mind to it there's like loads of good ones
3: yeah look I think it's I think it's a really interesting kind of proposition and I often think that when a remake is bad, it's because they're trying to serve two masters. Like, say, take the Ghostbusters, the Ghostbusters remake. Yep. Like, the Ghostbusters remake, the people who love the original seem to think that the remake is for them. Mm. And I guess to a degree, by the way they marketed it, yep. the studio are trying to make it for them. But really, it's not. It's for the six, seven, eight-year-old who's never heard of the original Ghostbusters. Yeah. And is watching that film for the first time. And whether or not that Ghostbusters, that Ghostbusters becomes a cult classic is up to them. It's not up to us, yep. you know, forty-year-olds who <laughs> watched the original Ghostbusters, you know, way younger than we were technically supposed to, and like loved everything about it. <laughs> so is it you know is it really for us to say that movie sucked? Because is the movie really for us? And the, you know that is a kind of the remake conundrum. Like who mm. is it actually for? It is. A, there's a very very valid point. Although that movie did suck quite a lot. <laughs> I, I mean, look, I didn't mind it. Yeah, I'm never going to watch it again. No. And it's certainly, like, it is not, like, it's never going to make it onto my, I'm never going to buy the day bill yep. and have the poster frame. <laughs> like, it's not going to be that film. Yeah. But, you know, if it was on TV and yep. I was flicking, if that was still, if flicking channels was still a thing mm-hmm. that people did with television, because <laughs> there's only, there was, at one point, there was only five one. channels. But if I came across it and it was on, I'd be like, oh, yeah.
2: Well, let me put this to you. I kind of have three unwritten rules when it comes to remakes and see if you agree you better, with them. You better write them like <laughs> audibly. No. So first one would be if the film is, uh, I guess, culturally significant or has a certain prestige, it probably shouldn't be touched. Right. You know, like your your psychos, your Texas Chainsaw Massacres, that kind of thing. But then the second one I would probably suggest would be that if the original film has dated very poorly or is widely unknown in the greater sort of, you know, cinematic zeitgeist, then go for it. Yeah. And then I just reckon reboot instead of remaking. That's my third point is that there are so many films that actually do reboots that if you really want it to be a sequel, it can be like Evil Dead. You know, there's enough little Easter eggs there to connect it to the original Dawn of the Planet of the Apes, you know, that's an entry point for newcomers, but it's connected yeah. to the Charlton Heston film. Piranha three D, I think, is as far removed from Piranha as Piranha Two was, and yet the three <laughs> in the three D kinda of signifies it's a third one. It's
3: a third one, yeah. You but know? I mean look, I totally agree with you on that on that last point. Yeah. Like like wrong turn, like the latest wrong turn. Yep. Like has nothing to do with those first three wrong no. turns really, or five or Five wrong turns or six wrong turns. No, this would be like the seventh. Seventh one. But it is, it's just like a it's like a complete reimagining of and all they've done is kept the bare bones of the yes, it's a bunch of kids who take the wrong turn on a road trip and shit happens. Yeah. Like that's and that's that's all you need. That's the best. Yes. Like I I, I love it when things, when they totally play on your expectations and fuck them and like just no nah, we're going in a completely different direction this is not what you and some people though would say you
2: know well then why call it wrong turn well, it's because <clears throat> if you didn't call it wrong turn people would then instantly say well why isn't this just another wrong turn you know what yeah. i mean it's sort of a catch-22 but but even then like I, I like those ones like i said that kind of do play as a sequel if you you know if you want it
3: oh like no well yeah like a couple of nods yeah. like i like to you know like yeah, like you know, you you a nod to the forefathers, yeah, but not in any way. Uh, what's the word? Not in any way um, dependent on yeah. the on them for no. its for its storyline. Casing
2: point. I know you smirked when I said it, but Evil Dead the, the <laughs> reboot. I don't. I mean, you mustn't no, like it. I
3: smirked it because when I was talking to uh, Jared about this yesterday, yeah. and he was like, Glenn's going to bring it up. <laughs> like he, he loves that film."
2: I really do. But what I love about it is, uh, and I've probably said this on many shows before, there are enough Easter eggs in there to make it a continuation because, you know, obviously the Oldsmobile is there when they arrive, which signifies that Ash has been here. Yeah. The trapdoor has all the scratchings from the original film. Yep. The I think the demonic stuff that they say is reverse, is like um, history repeats, history repeats, that kind of thing. So kind of all, okay. well, all implies that, that this is all in the same universe. Look,
3: my only problem with that movie is I don't understand why you'd make all the people going to the cabin unlikable. <laughs> like, why would because you do I, that?
2: I think because they were just going for pure horror. They didn't care for any kind of comedic sort of. You know,
3: but you don't need to have like the, the <laughs> I whole. Didn't, point I didn't of, hate the main chick. Like the whole point of the of, I guess, of horror. Like the the reason you make your characters likable in horror movies is so you care if they're getting slaughtered. Yeah. Like, otherwise, it's just torture porn. Like that was the problem with like I love Jane Levy. I like I I love I loved her in. Um, Oh, now I can't. Uh, it's not Skins. It's the other, the American version. American version of that TV series. The UK one. She was know oh, whatever the fuck it was. Subur- <laughs> sub- we don't talk television on this show. Yeah, <laughs> I can't remember what it was. She popped up in it. Suburgatory. She's in. She's got a great bit, where she plays a porn star in Swedish Dicks. It is one of the best right cameos on. of it in a TV series I've ever seen. Uh, even that Zoe's unlimited playlist, mm. or whatever the hell it is, That's new TV right. series that she's got going on. Like, I really like her and everything. Mm. And in this, I was like, oh, "Can you like, maybe just kill it well, now?"
2: Jesus Christ! Like, what am I, some kind of fucking predictable person? Because, like, you know, <laughs> <laughs> Jarrett's preempted my Evil Dead, and you've preempted my Wages of Fear. Like. It's because
3: we were going through, <laughs> like, we had we were, like we had a long drive, <laughs> yeah. and I was like, I was like, I need to work on. Uh, What films I'm going to talk about, what ones I didn't like, and that I was like, yeah, Evil Dead I don't like, and Jared's like, no, like Glenn will probably be uh, talking about that. (laughs) So I was like, all right, so I don't want to on the money. Well, let's talk about some like not talk about, let's mention
2: some um some baffling ones. These ones baffle me, Ben. Stepford Wives, what the fuck's with that?
3: Yeah, I don't. I've never seen the. uh, I mean, I actually think the idea of a remake of that is like a a good idea. Like with (laughs) technology and stuff, it would be an interesting one. But the way they went with it but I, I just think it would be it's totally fraught yep. with political yeah. issues <laughs> yeah. that I'm sure the well, and I look, I didn't watch the uh,
2: like I mean it's alive qualifies as that number 2 point I made where if, a, if it's aged relatively poorly you can remake it which the original it's alive it's a very hokey kind of cheap kind of you know B movie which we both love, because you're yeah. looking at me like, what the fuck are you saying? I was like, well, it's, yeah, it's Larry Cohen. It like, is, but the remake it could have it been is. good.
3: They could have actually done something very creative with I it. I mean, look, like, I must admit, the the only scene I've seen from the remake is that hospital massacre scene when it's born. <laughs> yeah. And I was like, that's pretty cool. Like, I didn't I didn't see the rest. But then the rest kind of just goes
2: down the toilet. Oh, okay. Um, what about the Wicked Man, Straw Dogs, Death Wish, Ben-Hur? Like, what the fuck is
3: with these? Yeah, I mean... Yeah, I mean most of those were pretty bad. I do like the the bees thing in Wicker Man is great. That's the only part.
2: And bad. it's become a meme. That movie's become a meme. Yeah.
3: That image has become a meme. I mean look, I haven't really to be honest with you, I was supposed to see it at the Nicolas Cage marathon and I did not make it that far. Um but I cuz when I like when I heard about that movie being made, I was like, "How? Who's going to believe that Nicolas Cage is a virgin?" Like, I mean, it was a tough sell when it's Edward Woodward, but you know, it's, it was, it's set in a, it's set, you know, 30, 40 years ago in, in England and people are very religious and maybe that's a thing. There's no fucking way that Nicolas Cage isn't <laughs> dipping his dipping his wick.
2: Well, uh, How about we dive into some in a minute? Um, we've got favorites to talk about. Then we're also going to talk about uh, some uh, un, unfortunate ones and a and, and few few other things, but Jarrett is waiting in the wings. Let's give him a run at the mic and then we dive in head first.
0: Hey, this is Jarrett and welcome to PE Class. Now, this week there are quite a few releases hitting home entertainment, courtesy of The Majors and One Indie. So, let's kick it off with Disney Fox. They're releasing the Best Picture of 2020, or is it 2021? I mean, the awards are this year, but it's technically for films released last year. So, I'm going to go I'm going to go with the 2020 Best Picture, although the film did actually theatrically release in Australia in January. Oh no, that was the advanced screenings that went for like 3 weeks and then the movie opened in March. Anyway, Nomadland is coming out on Blu-ray and DVD and the Blu-ray features a featurette, two deleted scenes and a Q&A. Then also out from Disney is Raya and the Last Dragon. Now, as I understand, this film wasn't really a theatrical release. It may have played in theaters simultaneous with its Disney Plus release, but I'm kind of considering it like a Disney Plus release. Regardless, it's coming out on DVD, Blu-ray, and 4K Ultra HD, because God, yeah, this basically direct-to-DVD type of movie needs a 4K Ultra HD, not the Best Picture winner, uh, Nomadland, with the amazing cinematography. That doesn't need a 4K Ultra HD. What are you smoking? Anyway, uh, that's Disney Fox for you. Then moving on to Mad Men. They're releasing Oscar nominee for Best Picture, Minari. The film about a Korean family chasing the American dream. And from what I understand, this Mad Men DVD and Blu-ray release features no special features, which is a little heartbreaking. I'm not entirely sure what's on the US release, which should be out through A24 and Lionsgate. I think handle most of their home entertainment, so I haven't checked that one out to see, but it's a shame. this film had so much critical acclaim and won numerous awards at film festivals throughout 2020 and then arrives on Home Men in a real lacklustre edition from Mad Men. Jesus, dropping the ball much? Then moving on to Roadshow, speaking of dropping the ball, Roadshow have got coming out on DVD, why on earth this is coming out on DVD, who knows, but thankfully it's not coming out on Blu-ray. It's Dragon Soldiers. This looks like something that The Asylum would put out and the tagline on the cover is Hell Came From Above and it's quite clear that this film came from the ass. So that one's coming out on DVD. Um, have a look. Google it. Check out the artwork. It looks shit. Uh, and then the last release that's coming out from Roadshow is the uh, seven thriller wannabe The Little Things. Now this thing had a tiny release when it opened theatrically in February. I think you blinked and missed and it was over in cinemas. Uh, It had an all-star cast. It had Denzel Washington playing the typical Denzel Washington washed-up role that he plays so well but at the same time is a bit of a yawn because it's not much of a stretch. Then you've got Rami Malek in another role where he kind of just, um, I don't know, I didn't buy him in this role whatsoever as this sort of hotshot new sort of detective Uh, that didn't want to listen to Denzel to begin with but then builds a bond with him and they kind of go together to track down the killer Jared Leto or try and work out if Jared Leto is in fact a killer and then Jared Leto in another sort of caricatural role himself. In fact, he's probably the best thing about this movie. It just feels like maybe his performance belonged in a better movie. I don't know. Anyway, the movie was very average and I was super underwhelmed. But I'm not here to critique the film. I'm just here to tell you about the home entertainment release. And with that said, the home entertainment release is a little lackluster, just like the movie. It's coming out on DVD and Blu-ray, and it features merely two featurettes. But I guess that's all you really needed this film. Unless there was an alternate cut, which was actually better film, that would be great. Anyway, that's it for me for this week. Until next time, stay physical.
2: Oh well, thank fuck for that. <laughs> that's, that's like a, that's a better week of releases for Jarrett to get stuck into. He had nothing to go no, with last week. week. No. Uh, always informative as always. Uh, visit Monster Fest on social media platforms, and uh, that's where you'll find Jarrett lurking. Ben, how do you feel about um,
3: race flipped and gender swapped remakes?
2: <laughs>
3: oh. I think like yeah, if you if you literally have no better idea for how for. Uh, uh, an entry point into a remake, then maybe you should. I'm do thinking anything. like
2: Death at a Funeral, Annie, Guess Who, and then you got the uh, the gender reverse ones like Ghostbusters, Little, and What Men Want.
3: Yeah, I mean, <laughs> do you want to of...
2: leave this one alone or move on?
3: Yeah, I mean, like some of them. the The problem is is that some of them are just bad films. It like, and it has nothing to do with the gender swap <laughs> yes. or the race swap mm. aspects of it. Like, I, I actually didn't mind Annie really. Um, the rest of the, I can't even remember half of the ones you said. But there ain't um, no
2: single adaptation of Annie that I will get behind.
3: N- oh really? I hate it. You didn't like the 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 original movie? I hate it. Okay. Yeah. Well, I mean, ad- I Annie mean in that's inc- <laughs> <laughs> it's incredibly offensive now when you look back on it. But yep. um you know, I like I like the <laughs> I like yeah, offensive. I like the sort the of songs. I like the songs. <laughs> and I've always liked. I've always liked. Um, what's her name as a villain? Like Tim Curry as a villain. Yeah. And uh, now the name, her name, has just uh, slipped out of my head. But um, oh, there was always the, re- the, the remake uh, with Kathy Bates.
2: <laughs> the Disney Kathy one. Bates. The Disney one. That um, what's his name? Um, the guy that directed like High School Musical, I think. Oh right. Anyway, there's a there's a remake, a Disney remake. <laughs> yeah,
3: no, I didn't need to see that. And it's <laughs> Kathy Bates is the um, is the the yep. orphanage. Yep.
2: Yep. And the guys, no, Vic- Victor Garber. The, why Victor- couldn't
3: she be the love interest? The secretary of, uh, of money bags, whatever his name is. I think his name Daddy, Vic- Daddy is Victor or...
2: Garber is the main guy in it. The bald, okay. the bald guy. Yeah. Anyway. Victor Garber. I've, Man, never, that- I've never seen that guy with that hair. I've just spent way too much time talking about Annie. I can tell you that. <laughs>
3: <laughs> well, I want to I mean, know. Like what- The worst one, yeah. in my opinion, is the zapped. The Zapped remake that, like, how do you take yep. a teen sex comedy and then Disneyfy it? And Disney have <laughs> done that to a few. Like, but the, what, it's like taking like making Porky's a, a fun family film <laughs> where Porky's is a fat kid who likes to eat hot dogs. <laughs> like, it doesn't make any
2: no, <laughs> no. You're it doesn't right. make
3: any sense. Like, why is. Like, she's got the... Like, literally the poster of Zap oh no, is upskirt, them upskirting someone. <laughs> and you're know, like, what executive at Disney went, you know what? Like, forget Computer War Tennis Shoes, which actually did get a remake. <laughs> forget, you know, forget Tom <laughs> Thumb. Forget uh, any of these other... Your brother's grim or any of these other kind <laughs> of, you know, Disney kind of family-friendly type things to, to turn into a Disney Channel made-for-TV movie. No, let's go for the pervy... Teen sex comedy. <laughs> like, why not do HOTS? Why not do, uh, you know, private lessons or pri- private school? But, like, it's it just, it was, it, it blew my mind. Of yes. course I had to watch it immediately. Uh, you know, it's fine for what it was, but it's no zapped.
2: No. Well... Let's, uh, let's move on, because like it's, once again, the whole letterbox crisis comes into play, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we are this time um, breaking a little bit of tradition. We're going to go with three movies in this segment each, but yep. you've kind of narrowed mine down to two, because I'm not, I'm not going to bother with Sorcerer anymore, the William Friedkin film that was a, essentially a remake of Wages of Fear, because we've already talked about that, talked thanks about to it. you. Um, but How about some... Uh, people are probably going to expect us to talk about The Fly and Scarface and The Thing, and I hope you haven't got them on your list, because I think
3: they're too typical. No. I kind of I Or know, the blobs. Like some obvious ones. I had the blob in the thing in my honorable mentions. Uh, all right. Well the, what's section, your first but... one? Let
2: me guess. Nutty
3: Professor. <laughs> close. <laughs> very, very close. It is uh invasion of the body snatchers. <laughs> You remember that part in the Nutty Professor where he falls asleep, yeah, and yeah. then like a pod thing goes and replaces, like a pod of Eddie Murphy replaces him, and he becomes his entire family. Well, which which body snatches? The nineteen seventy nine version, right. okay, directed by Philip Kaufman, the man behind the the Right Stuff and the Wanderers. Um,
2: Amazing film,
3: I think. I, you do? I thought you didn't like the uh, any of the invasion. Uh, I
2: don't like the genre, and I don't really like many of the. Like the the was the Abel ferrer,
3: one ferrer one,
2: the Donald Sutherland one though, that's iconic. That's a great yeah. one. Yeah, yeah. But no, I actually, I, like you're I right like, though. I, I fucking like don't all touch them. it. Yeah.
3: But um, yeah. No, it's great, and it's you know, basic pod people. What people go to sleep and pod the, these pods that come from outer space so totally replaces uh, replace them, and mm-hmm. they we become a utopian society full of automatons. Um. It's a fantastic film, like scared the bejesus out of me when I first saw it.
4: Yes. Yeah, but creepy. then
3: the funny thing is I didn't see the original one until much later. Like I would have been in my thirties mm-hmm. and the opening kind of the first time they come across the, the animated kind of half corpse, like yep. it hasn't completed its transformation thing. That scared the fucking piss out of me too. It's like it's like watching Neither Living Dead. Like it is that mm. kind of powerful, and I didn't realize it was like one of the first films of Don Siegel, yeah. who had gone to do phenomenal films. Mm-hmm. Um, like it is a like to this day. Like they all, all of the, I like all the invasion films, and they all ter- The only one that doesn't really terrify me is the Nicole Kidman yeah. Daniel Invasion. Craig invasion. Yeah. Like I, I like it, mm. but it's not scary. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's Whereas right. the other ones are genuinely terrifying, and, and
2: like I mean, it's obvious, but that final scene and that final image is really unsettling. Yeah, it really it, it hits me to the core when I watch it. You know, you know it's coming. Like, but the first time I remember, it's like you know, yeah, I know the image because I've seen it in a hundred magazines or whatever, but yeah. I didn't contextualize it with the film. You know. That's a good one, and it's amazing that the whole thing is like a parable for
3: communism. <laughs> like it's like this but, is like a thing, and that's
2: interesting when there's new remakes or adaptations of or it the, over or the years. Red then, peril, I yeah. Say. Well, that's the thing though, is that that aspect of it gets lost as we get further on, you know. Yeah. So yeah, no, good one. Mine, my, my next one, most people probably don't know is a remake, and that's uh, Fatal Attraction.
3: Yeah. No, I didn't know that was. Yeah, a remake.
2: it's a remake of a nineteen eighty film called Diversion, which is a British film that starred Stephen Moore, and he played the Prime Minister in the boat that rocked. And he's been in heaps of British stuff. Right. A lot of it I don't know, but I looked up his you name. Know, you mean
3: Pirate Radio?
2: Pirate Radio, yeah, that one too. <laughs> For those listening from overseas, it's also got, I don't know how to pronounce her name, but um, I think it's Cherry Lungi. And she's, yeah, um, she's, Shiri, in, Shiri? she's in Unforgotten and, and a few other British TV shows.
3: Um, oh, she's in, uh, she's in one of the better. Uh, Movies, hornblower movies as well.
2: Oh right. Well, the thing about Fatal Attraction, for years I didn't know that it was a remake.
3: You I'm know? assuming that she's not playing. She's playing Glenn Close. She's not playing Ann Archer. Yeah,
2: right? uh, I think she's the Glenn Close character. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I've
3: not seen she the original. Be. I've not seen the um the the
2: the version you know, yeah adapt, or, um version of it. But the thing is, like Fatal Attraction, like so many remakes in the 80s, I didn't know were remakes. You know, we didn't yeah. make a big deal about it
3: back then. And Especially if they if the Americans stole them from another country. Yeah. Yeah. You're like I don't even know if they got paid for these.
2: Now the internet's here, and you know everyone yeah. finds this information out regardless, but. Fatal Attraction, I just think, is a really strong film, and to know it's come from another one and still maintain this legacy of, essentially, the bunny boiler film. It's the film that set the standard for a whole new sort of subgenre. Yeah. But to know that that subgenre started elsewhere is quite fascinating to me.
5: Yeah,
2: uh, totally. I like it, and um, is it Adrian Lyne? Is that how you pronounce his name? I can never yeah, get I think that wrong. Adrian Lin Lyne, whatever. Uh, he's he's an obsessive kind of filmmaker. He always sort of goes in that direction, and I'm not comfortable with a lot of his films. Yeah, It's all uh obsessive eroticism. And and adultery and and that kind of stuff. Like I I was never comfortable with unfaithful.
3: Like I Yeah. I
2: I went into that with a partner and I'm like, I can't watch this while you're sitting next to me.
3: (laughs) People who know me know that I will not go and see a movie about adultery. (laughs) I don't want to watch it. I'm not interested. (laughs) Like I'm sure it happens. I'm sure it's it's all based on reality. I want no part of it. All right. Well, what's your second one? Let me guess. Flubber. Close again. very very close Oh, man I'm on the roll it is uh 1999's payback Oh, of course <laughs> <laughs> I think directed by uh, Brian uh, Helgland uh starring Mel Gibson and Maria Bello and uh, uh, Greg Henry
2: second time um, that this has come up in a week um someone I knew purchased the original I think yeah uh, earlier in the week
3: the original payback I could, well there are the point point blank well because is that what the it was thing called? is there's there's payback there were two two versions of payback were yeah, released yeah. there's the theatrical cut and then the director's cut yep. the theatrical cut has um chris christopherson as the uh, major villain must be thinking of something else and then there's uh, and then there's the director's cut where it's a, a woman is the uh, head no, of the organization no, and
2: no. i was i was thinking of edge of darkness and made of oh, mine made of my, yeah, made right, of my with, um, purchase the bob peck edge of darkness yeah, yeah. right yeah. i digress like,
3: cause it's more of a tv miniseries. Yeah, you yeah. know i think yeah I was way off. Uh, way off. <laughs> um, the original of this is Point Blank with Lee Marvin and yes. uh, John Vernon. Once again, I think directed by, by directed by John Borman, mm. uh, which is a classic, amazing a classic kind, kind of uh, film. And I really like Payback. I actually prefer the theatrical cut to the director's cut. I like it. I think they're both good, but mm-hmm. um, you know, it's got a, it's got a great cast. It's like super kind of stylized. The action is fun. Gibson, like, you know, I, I keep joking about him being uh, a <laughs> Jewish folk hero, Mel Gibson. Uh, he's like the golem. Uh, How many comeback movies has he had? He's, he's had a lot. Like I remember that, what's his name? was supposed to, What's that one where he does with the bunny and Jodie Foster? Oh, that's right. That was the beaver. Uh, the beaver. That yeah. was supposed to be his comeback movie. And you're like, oh, he's keeping... You yeah. keep needing more Mel. What other com-
2: We could do a whole episode of Mel, B- Mel Gibson comeback. <laughs> comeback movies because he had like Expendables three was a comeback movie. I think Get the Gringo because he just keeps fucking up in real life.
3: He's in that uh, <laughs> Frank Grillo movie too. That uh, what was that one about the the? It's like a Groundhog Day type movie, and he's the villain boss level. In it. Boss level. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. the he's the main <laughs> villain.
2: So everything's
3: a comeback for Mel because he just keeps fucking up in real life. Because it's just hard to believe that that for someone <laughs> he hasn't died. Like for someone who was as big as he was yeah. and he's still physically able, still good looking, mm-hmm. still, you know, charismatic, Yep, it's just, it's hard for everyone to accept that well, I suppose it's hard for Hollywood to accept that he can't, he's not, he's not going anywhere. He's not A-level anymore. He's no, not an A-lister. But he's not going anywhere. He's, he's persistent, not, man. And he just kept doing it. I mean, I look, I love Bloodfather. I thought Bloodfather was great. Yeah. But, you know, Mel Gibson's a monster. Yeah. <laughs>
2: but you, I, you
3: know I still love him but like the fact that he's a monster has nothing to do with whether or not I like his movies yeah that's right you exactly know, like for all I know Tom Hanks is an arsehole it's not going <laughs> to stop me for, <laughs> not in stop, fact I've heard he is yeah it's not going to stop me loving <laughs> that thing you do you heard it here folks you know but anyway that's <laughs> that's uh, it alright that's enough for payback
2: okay well um, for someone like me that has a strong aversion just you know generally to remakes I, I found it really hard to narrow some of these down like, like I had a lot yeah um I'm going to go with a staple from my childhood, and that sort of—I had a few in my mind for this one. It was going to be Three Men and a Baby. I thought, nah, I've probably spoken about. Is it that going before. to be? Is it
3: My Father the Hero? And
2: then I was going to go Quick Change, perhaps, because that's a great film.
3: I didn't know that. I it was, it was another one that only this week I found was a remake.
2: I've gone with Three Fugitives. Right. 1989. Stone, Nick Nolte, and Martin Short. This is hilarious. Like this is a very slapsticky comedy of errors kind of movie, but it's got a real big heart to it. Because you know, the whole the whole um gist of the movie is Martin Short plays a dad uh, who's like a, a bumbling wannabe bank robber trying to rob a bank to get enough money to save his daughter who's sick. And Nick Nolte is a real life bank robber that happens to be in the bank at the time and gets taken hostage. Right, and it's just hilarious. The um the shit that goes on between those two is just the stuff of comedy gold.
3: Like I haven't seen it since I was a kid, mm-hmm. and f- I think funnily enough, I've seen the original French movie that it's based on with yep. Gerard Depardieu. Like more recently because it was one of those movies that like in year seven and eight, one of the language classes like we had we had French and Chinese, and you had to do both. In year seven and eight, and then year nine, you got to choose which Mm -hmm. one you wanted to do. But they would always just show you at the end of the year, you get to watch a movie. And like, (laughs) we're watching the Three Fugitives. We're watching My Father, the Hero. We're watching uh, Three Men and a Baby. And we got to see all. I got to see all the original French versions. Amazing.
2: Well, I mean, like, yeah. I
3: I always say that you know these movies
2: from the eighties. I've watched with my kids as they were growing up, and Three Fugitives was an absolute banger for them. Yeah. Like, just funny from start to finish. But anyway, so Three Fugitives, like, check it out. I don't know how easy or what difficult it is to come by these days, but oh, yeah. I mean, is it a Disney? Is it like a Touchstone? It is film, a Touchstone, right? so it must you,
3: be on you Disney. You'd think it would be on Disney Plus, wouldn't you?
2: Anyway, well, hit us with your final uh, positive one. <laughs> Let me guess: yours, mine, and ours.
3: <laughs> Once again, I don't know how you're doing <laughs> this, but uh, it's like you've hacked my phone <laughs> and I'm, and are reading my notes because <laughs> that's where I do all my research. Um, no, this one is uh, Peter Segal's 2005. Football classic, The Longest Yard. Of
2: course.
3: I of course. Uh, Starring Adam Sandler. And I should just say, before I go into the cast, Peter Siegel, like, he's directed some some fantastic films, including Get Smart,
6: mm-hmm.
3: uh, which is, a funnily enough, a remake of a TV series. Yep. He did Tommy Boy, but he also did Bikini 2, The Saga Continues, <laughs> which I have never seen, but I really want to.
2: Yeah, it sounds great. Sounds great. That's one of his
3: <laughs> first films. Like, that's where he got his start, it was doing bikini films. Mm-hmm. Um, so it stars Adam Sandler, Chris Rock, James Cromwell, William Fickner, David Patrick Kelly, uh, Warriors, uh, Terry Crews, Nicholas Satoru, Nelly, Courtney Cox pops up, and of course, uh, Burt Reynolds uh, turns up in the original.
2: And you're forgetting, and I have lost the name. Right now, in uh, this close. Leachman, Cloris Leachman's in. It. No, 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 no. From uh, the guy best, who plays best Colonel Sanders. Best. Um, of the name. That best starts. of the best. Eric Roberts. No, the female that plays the manager.
3: Sally Kirkland. Yes,
2: she's in it, isn't she? No. I am nearly certain she's in it. You keep talking.
3: I'm going to look around. Pretty sure she's not. I think it's. I think you're thinking of Cloris. She might be in the original. <laughs> keep going. It might be Cloris Leachman you're thinking of. There'll be people the that know the
2: answer to this that are going, Jesus Christ, what are you guys? <laughs> uh,
3: like, I really like this film. I like it more than I like the original. And the original is directed by Robert Aldrich, who's one of my all-time favourite directors. Yeah. Um, But, and I will talk about this in when we discuss more remakes that we don't like, if we do that later on. Excellent, yep. Uh, I do not care for Burt Reynolds.
2: You've said like, that before and you've shocked me every like, every time you say it.
3: I just think he's an asshole. You
2: see, Smokey and the Bandit.
3: Smokey and the Bandit is pro- is possibly the one exception. Like, I don't mind. Like, Deliverance is a great film, mm-hmm. but he's playing a bit of an asshole in that, so it's fine that he's he's like. But whenever he plays like a romantic, he just straight he just comes across as a bully and a and a cunt,
4: <laughs> for well, lack yeah. of a better word. You're not wrong. Everything
3: he's in. like, I do not care for it. You're not wrong. So, what year was Long as You Are? The original one or the the remake? 2005.
2: Alright, so I'm I'm just scrolling through here just to find if Sally Kirkland is in it or not. And uh, let's go. Gee, she's done a lot of films, man. She's
3: she's a prolific actress. This has
2: become the Sally Kirkland show. 2006,
6: 2006. Hmm.
2: Keep going.
3: You could have just looked at The Longest Yard and gone through the cast of that.
2: Yeah, I I did, (laughs) and she wasn't in it. I swear she's in it. I swear she's in Who it. Who do you
3: think she plays in it?
2: shes I remember an image of her up on top of like a balcony overlooking the players on the prison field. And she's like in a sort of rich clothes. Yeah, no. No?
3: fuck me, dead. Right, It's Courtney, Co- Courtney Cox maybe, but no.
2: All right. Anyway, keep going. I'm still going to look this up, but you know. I'm... Yeah,
3: no, you can't look. Yeah. <laughs> if, you, if you believe that she's in it, <laughs> you know. The mind can make can make it happen. I've I've watched The Secret. You're just like if you're 100 percent convinced that Sally Kirkland is along. You with know Yard, what it is?
2: No, it. it's Big Stan.
3: Big Stan is a fantastic film. That's what it is. But that's, not this, far is, removed. Come on. Well, this is twice now. Twice in the show that I've been talking about one film, and you're like convinced it's another film. <laughs> That is not. It's not a remake. No, but this is not a football. This is
2: what you call payback for foiling me twice.
3: (laughs) (laughs) Took us the long way around. Okay. Yeah, but anyway, that's my longest. That's the longest yard. Check it out if you haven't seen it. That's I think that's on every streaming service. It is fucking. Is this fun or what? It is fun. I'm actually. I look it, it. this show has gone in a different direction than I thought when we first came up with the topic. Like, <laughs> You gave me the weekend, you left me for the weekend on my own devices, so I had a completely different idea of what the show was going to be. <laughs> and I was going to watch a bunch of these, like, I, I was going to talk about Tortilla Soup, which is a remake of Eat, Drink, Man, Woman. Mm-hmm. And I was going to watch both films and talk about both and how they differ. And uh, We know, could and have still like talked about both. Yeah, but uh, well I didn't have time. I couldn't there's like there's so many like I wanted to watch Gloria and Gloria. Man, didn't
2: well, have time. you know what, if you thought it was fun here, it's fucking party central over at Screen Realm. <laughs> so here's our old mate Guillermo with all the fairy bread and party pies you can handle. <laughs>
4: What's going on, everybody? It's me here again from ScreenRum.com. That's right, Party Central. At least in my brain, I'm not crazy. Let's talk a little bit about what we've covered in the past week, shall we? Kicking off with casting for Knives Out 2, the sequel to the 2019 Who Done It hit, directed and written by Ryan Johnson. Daniel Craig is reprising his role as the enigmatic gentleman sleuth, Benoit Blanc, and this time he's going to be joined by an all-star cast that so far includes Dave batista Edward Norton, Catherine Hahn, who was recently fantastic in Wonder Vision, and Janelle monet There's still no Word on who they'll be playing, but more than likely they're gonna be suspects. The sequel is heading to Netflix. Not only is the sequel, but another film as well. The streaming giant paid upwards of 400 million dollars for the two follow-ups, with Ryan Johnson returning to direct, write, and produce, and Daniel Craig staying on as star. Cameras on Knives Out 2 will begin rolling in Greece next month. more sequel and Netflix news, a follow-up to Enola Holmes is moving forward with Millie Bobby Brown and Henry Cavill set to reprise their roles as Enola and Sherlock Holmes respectively. Basically the whole team is returning, Harry Bradbeer is returning to direct and Jack Thorne is returning to write the screenplay. I can't wait to collaborate again with my Enola Holmes family, Millie Bobby Brown said in a statement. Enola holds a special place in my heart, she's strong, fearless, intelligent and brave. I look forward to fans seeing how her journey continues. Masterful South Korean filmmaker Bong Joon-ho, who cleaned up at last year's Oscars with Parasite, will be directing an animated feature film about humans and deep-sea creatures. He's reportedly been trying to get this up for a few years now and he's just finished the screenplay in January. There's no much else to go on, but anything from this director is absolutely newsworthy. By the way, if you haven't checked out his entire library, go to IMDb, go check out Bong Joon-ho and check out all the films. And then a big project coming together with Apple Original Films in a deal with A24 with distribution is a Joel Cohen directed film called The Tragedy of Macbeth, which will be the first time Joel Cohen is directing without his brother Ethan. Big stars on board this one: Francis McDormand, Denzel Washington, and Brendan Gleeson, among others. Not much else is known about the film, although Cohen reunites with frequent collaborators: Bruno Delbonnel as director of photography, Carter Burwell with an original score. The tragedy of Macbeth. Expect this one to be, you know, winning everything. A couple of reviews on the website. Glenn reviewed "Those Who Wish Me Dead." an Angelina Jolie starring action flick, directed and co-written by Taylor Sheridan, Oscar-winning screenwriter of Sicario, Hello High Water, co-creator of Yellowstone, so theoretically talent in front of the camera and behind the camera, what the hell happened here? Off the bat, one and a half out of five stars by Glenn, who said, putting it simply, this is not a good movie, even in a so-bad-it's-good kind of way, it barely scrapes by. Angeline Jolie is sorely miscast as the story's heroine and both her demeanor and appearance here provide no credibility to her being a firefighter. She seems like an actress in need of a hit. Glenn wrote, I desperately wanted to enjoy those which we did. On paper, it ticks all the right boxes. Sheridan, Hitman, The Force of Nature, etc. Unfortunately, the result is a mess. One and a half stars out of five stars. I reviewed Chris Rock starring Saw film Spiral, which, uh, why don't you go to ScreenRealm.com and see what I said about that one. That's it, guys. Thanks so much for having me. Remember, ScreenRealm.com for your latest movie, TV news, reviews, all that jazz. I'm out of here.
6: So Self-
2: Guy man, party host extraordinaire, <laughs> Guillermo from Screen Realm. Uh, make sure you do visit screenrealm.com for all of the reasons that he has told you to. I've actually booked him in
3: as the host for my forty fifth birthday. <laughs> it's, I've given him three hang on, years. Hang on. Where's it's my invite? For, say, my birthday's in, it's in three years. Oh, okay, like I've given him a long lead time <laughs> to uh, get the planning to get the planning going.
2: Excellent. And of course, you just heard, don't fence me in. By David Byrne, uh, as featured in the unlikely remake, The Bachelor from 1999. That's a remake of the Buster
3: Keaton film from 1925 called Seven Chances. It doesn't surprise me. I actually thought you were going to say, and I was shocked that, because uh, <laughs> there's a great scene at the beginning of Rising Sun with Sean Connery where yeah. Carrie Hariyuki Tagawa does karaoke, and it's two, Don't Fence Me In, and he's like doing it, he's like <laughs> got a cowboy hat on and everything, which ironically, that's where that's kind of. What his normal his, his actual accent is like? Well, didn't but, you um, you spoke
2: about him with Sky Sharks, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. And you're asking about the Texas hat, yeah, because <laughs> he's, he's a like a, he's a cowboy in that, <laughs> and he is a Texan. Anyway, so now to dredge through that boggy marsh of worst remakes, um, or at least the ones that we hate the most. Um, do you want to take the lead on this one? All Let right. me guess, ransom.
3: No, is that uh, uh, no no, either either of the ransoms I quite like. Okay. Uh, and even the other Ransom, the one with Sean Connery, which is all about the pat plane hijacking with... Uh, I like that one Oh, too. the terrorists. The terrorist one, yeah. 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 Uh, no, I'm going to talk about... Uh, this one should be no surprise to people who listen to uh, the show or in, in general just like movies. Uh, the Fog two, from 2005. You've fucking done it again. <laughs> oh, my God. Well, there goes another one of mine. We can uh, both talk about this one, though. What a... Dog turd.
2: Absolute piece of shit. I'm going to one-up it, though, but yeah, no, absolutely.
3: It, uh, it It is a terrible film. It is directed by Rupert Wainwright, who I love. Like he's the, This is the guy who directed Stigmata, Blank Check, and all of the MC Hammer music videos. <laughs> Did
2: you say Rupert Wainwright? Oh, no, no I thought you said Rufus Wainwright. <laughs> no, the
3: musician. No, 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 Rupert maybe it's his brother but he did you, he directed all mc hammer yeah like, man all his greatest hits like too legit to quit uh you can't touch this well
2: don't you remember in in the fog is that you can't see this yeah <laughs>
3: <laughs> it is and i look i it's been a while since i've seen it i've bought, i've got three copies of the film on <laughs> dvd because i w- i kept buying it and then going oh, I got this? If I'd be out and I'd see it and be like, have oh, I got it? No, nah, look, I'll get it again because, like, I have to... Like, surely it can't be as bad as I... Yeah, it's the whole... As, as I remember being. You keep it being. watching but bad is, movies just to convince yourself it's good. It is bad. And I, I really... I put the blame squarely on Tom Welling's shoulders.
2: Mate, exactly what I was going to say. Tom Welling from Smallville has absolutely no fucking personality well, the, whatsoever.
3: Well, that's... My problem with it is, is that in Smallville, his job is to just be... Like the, the likeable leading man. That's, but, his, that's all he has to do. And to also be quite boring. And to be like, yeah, he's yeah. got to be Clark Kent. He's got to kind yep. of, and in this movie, he is just a prick. <laughs> he's a womanizing piece of shit. <laughs> and like, he's not in any way likeable. So the rest of the film, you're like, I don't care. Like let the ghost, like no one in the town is, is likeable.
2: Well, let's talk about the ghost. It's like digital fog. Like, you know, yeah. fog is easy to do and it's cheap to do. Yeah. You can control it with fans, but there's so much
3: digital fog in this. And just, and like, I mean, I hate to be that guy that, that goes back to the original and goes, bleh, bleh, bleh. like the fucking original is like a, is a stone cold classic. It
2: is in my mind, the most underrated of all of John Carpenter's films. And that's saying
3: something. I mean, it is highly another... regarded
2: amongst fans, but you know, like, you know what I mean? Like it's one that's yeah. overlooked all the time.
3: Well, because funnily enough for me, it was Prince of Darkness was yeah. the one that I didn't watch for years because yeah. I'm like, Alice Cooper, this is going to be shit. <laughs> and then I watched <laughs> it, I'm like, oh my God, this is like one of his best films yes. like I fucking love. It. Totally. Pinsodark that kind
2: of got rediscovered after The Fog got rediscovered. Yeah. Uh okay, so I'm going to one up you here because mine is undeniably you know, everybody knows I feel this way. Nightmare on Elm Street from 2010. <laughs> Absolute fucking yeah, bonafide rumor. piece of shit, pointless, awful, disgraceful fucking remake. I hate it in every way, shape and form. We remember the the, the Fitzroy Film Fair that we went to years ago when it mm-hmm. first came up. Back I had when it was a, at the Luau? Yes, I had a bunch of, you know, DVDs to sell and I had that in there and it was free. I had a big sign of saying, <laughs> free, fucking take me. And for three times going to that fair, fair no couldn't get rid it. of it.
1: <laughs> Absolutely
2: no takers. It is, I mean, the original is seminal. That comes back into my rules. If it's already a film that's, you know, important within the landscape that it exists, then don't yeah. touch
3: it. But, but the thing is, like, I mean, I can totally get... Like I can get behind a Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake. I mm-hmm. think it, they should just completely divorce themselves from the original and yeah, do yeah. something new. completely different and new to it, like kind of like Next Generation kind of was yeah. or whatever. But um, this one, like the original is still, you're still watching it now. Like I remember as a kid when the commercial would come on TV at about a nightmare on Elm Street, mm-hmm. like marathon at 10 o'clock at night kind of thing. Yep. And you'd see. Um, what's her name in the body bag and the centipede, centipede crawling out of her mouth. And that would be enough. Yep. That would be enough to terrify me. To this day, I still find that movie mm-hmm. like terrifying. The remake it's like... Everything know, about shit. the
2: remake sucks because like the original, all practical effects all work perfectly well. One of the most obvious practical effects in the original that is probably the most effective is when he leers over her in the bed through the wall. Yeah. You know that? And it's like just the guy behind a rubber I wall. You, I
3: thought you were going to say the most The thing is when the hand comes up and she's in the bar. <laughs> like, How is he holding his breath for that long? <laughs> but you know what I mean? Like
2: that's a it's a good effect and it's just a rubber wall and he pushes through yeah. it. Whereas in the in the remake, it's digitised. Like it is, they try to give him more shape and it's like having more definition in the shape is not scary. Like yeah. having him come through as a, a just a, a figure or, or like a, a blob, yeah. that's scary to me. Mm-hmm. Um, even trying to change Freddy's appearance to look like a real Burns victim as opposed to, like, the fantasy prosthetics yeah. that they use, that's not scary. That's just, like, well, that's disgusting. Like, it doesn't make him look scary.
3: Yeah, like, it just makes him look like Cropsy from The Burning or something instead <laughs> of also, Freddy Krueger. Like,
2: but if we kind of see he's got real scars from a real Burn, you kind of sympathise with him then, which is not what we yeah. want to do, you know? And then give him too much dialogue on top of that.
3: I mean, I like that they, they do wait in the original. Like, they're like, yeah... Because he was a child molester. Like, the, the, <laughs> they all got together and burnt him mm. because he was killing kids.
2: Well, no, like, I do love Freddy's backstory, but, like, I don't think, you know. And we, we they covered that in the Freddy's Nightmares TV show, I think. Toby Hooper, speaking of, directed yeah. that episode. But anyway, it's a fucking horrendous remake. I think it's one of the worst ever made. Yeah,
3: watch it once, uh, never will watch again. Yep, excellent. All
2: right, so what's your next one? Let me guess, Elfie.
3: I don't know how you're doing it. Like this is it? Like think, think Alfie, but then add aliens, and you've got War of the Worlds from 2005. Which, oh my goodness, I'm
2: so glad you said this <laughs> because I froth over this film. I think it's one of
3: Spielberg's top five. You love it. Love it. I do not. I know. It's why I'm like shocked. Uh, it is, and it's not like I. I like. I like the movie. What I don't like is Tom Cruise, <laughs> Dakota Fanning, or Justin Chatwin. I don't like I like Tom Cruise is a piece of shit, deadbeat dad. He is. And it doesn't change throughout the film. Nope. He doesn't in any way change. And I just like I don't care I don't care that you're running like I'm more interested in the guy that was trying to fix the car outside his <laughs> place at the start. Like he's more interesting. Like follow that guy. Like I really like I, like looking at the film that I'm going to talk about next as well. Yeah. If I don't like the lead, mm-hmm. if I don't like the lead main character, I don't like the film. Mm-hmm. Like even if he's supposed to be that way, and I get it. Like I get it. He's supposed to be a real person. Like he's like you know real. Mm-hmm. Like why couldn't a deadbeat dad survive? Uh, Alien invasion, but uh,
2: he was a deadbeat dad. I'll give you that. Um, didn't bother me. I think um, the the horror of this was just palpable for me. Like, oh, I,
3: did, yeah. like I mean, like yes, but the, I mean, but even the horror on it, funnily enough, is not coming from the aliens. It's coming from the other people.
2: Yeah, that but that's it. Exactly right. Um, the, and the scene where you know um, he, he arrives at the river and you see all those bodies. You know the yeah. imagery in this is just glorious, like really, just really the, good the stuff. The
3: plane in the house and stuff, and the, and yet they they make it home. And Miranda Otto is just like, <laughs> oh yeah, we've just, we've just been hanging out here. No, uh, no little <laughs> no flying saucer things have come in and searched I, for uh, just, survivors in the grandparents in grandma's house. This
2: is good. Like having this having this difference of opinion is good. I um yeah, I do. I adore Look, it.
3: Like I will say, I, this is the one that I watch the most. Yeah. Of the the bad ones, the bad ones, the yep. ones I don't like, because there is like it is Spielberg. Mm-hmm. It does ha- like the like I said the the actual plot of the film is not bad. Like I like the original War of the Worlds. I like this one in like I like the idea of it. Yeah. It's just fair like, enough, and it, I think it was the first film. I mean. Maybe I'm misstating this, but it was the first film that I remember really kind of disliking Tom Cruise. And I thought, you've got to work hard to make Tom Cruise that unlikable. Something went wrong because I'm pretty sure Spielberg won't
2: work with him again. So, you know, because they made two films back to back: Minority Report and this, and then suddenly no more.
3: So, yeah, right. Maybe Tom was just fucking around with the insurance budget too much by insisting, I'm <laughs> yeah. going to hang off the plane. <laughs> it's like, right. Tom. Here's, here's some interesting,
2: uh, you, you know, you've put it in there as one of the least favourite. When it got released, David and Margaret from At The Movies or whatever their show was, talk about a stretch, but David gave it five out of five. Right. right. And he predicted it would be up for Best Picture at the Oscars. Right. That's how much he loved it.
3: Yeah, well, he was too busy, obviously too busy pissing on Fellini's shoes at the time. <laughs>
2: yes. Okay, so... Um, what, did Mar- what did
3: Margaret give it?
2: I think she gave it like three or something. Yeah. yeah.
3: Standard. It's a movie. <laughs> Enjoy.
2: That's right. All right, well, um, I'm going to go next with uh, Rob Zombie's Halloween, which I think is a disgraceful remake. I think it is absolutely abysmal. I think it's really uh, not so disrespectful to the John Carpenter film. Yeah, I do. I think yeah. to to give Michael Myers a sympathetic background, like for the entire original film, Donald Pleasance was just saying there's no reason. He's just evil. Like he's just pure evil, and that was the... yeah.
3: And that was the that as exemplified just like when he's a kid. No, see, he...
2: that's the problem with, with I have is that. No, 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 in the
3: original, I mean. Like, it's just yeah, the, yeah. the kid who just kills his sister for there's, no... Yeah,
2: exactly. So, that makes him terrifying because there's no rhyme or reason for him being evil, yeah. whereas Rob Zombie gave him a disadvantaged background. And, and he's a, bullied. and It's a social commentary on yeah. if we don't look after know blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, well, that doesn't make him scary. Like, that makes it preventable. Yeah. You know, like and I, predictable. That too. And I just think pretty much every step of the way through this film, it's like he's pissing on John Carpenter's, you know... Legacy. I really hate it. I hate it so much, and I love Rob Zombie,
3: but I think what he did here was just awful. Yeah, like I mean, I, I can't. The like, guy didn't, funnily enough.
2: Oh, and and before you go, like to, to turn Loomis into like a, a fucking media whore with yeah. Malcolm McDowell's character, it's just awful.
3: Yeah, but like I mean, I have to say that I, funnily enough, I actually saw this Halloween before I saw the original. I didn't see the original oh, Halloween yeah. until just before the mm. last iteration yeah. came out. I hadn't I hadn't seen it, so I didn't have any of that mm-hmm. like baggage yes. from the original one when I when I do you uh, recognise it though? It. Like
2: having now gone back to the original, like
3: well, to be honest with you, I, I can I really can only remember that part where he finds the mask. Yeah, that's and maybe maybe some boobs. <laughs> Otherwise, I don't remember anything else that happens in the film. Yeah. And I like in every Rob Zombie film I have seen, which is I think all of them except for maybe Lords of Dogtown. I'm just like I don't. Lords of Salem. Lords Wall, of Salem. Sorry, yeah. that's right. You're not the Heath skateboard Ledger one. He's not the skateboard <laughs> one. Um, I think, like these, these these films aren't for me. Yeah, yeah, right. Like I just like no. I, I don't. I, do I just don't care. It's like, funny. I, I don't care enough about them to hate them.
2: The uh, the guys from Bonehead, um, who we're gonna throw to very shortly, they or Joe at least adores Rob Zombie's films. Like
3: I, a lot of people do. A lot of people whose opinions are usually yeah. Like agree with, like love him, like and there's no there's no denying that um, he sells tickets. Yeah, like people come from far and wide to watch Rob Zombie films. But I, I, hey, it's the same. I feel the same with with name, his music. Look, name drop. Look, we've had him on the show, like yeah. Yeah.
2: <laughs> episode <laughs> one and two. But uh, and I do love his work, and I think movies like um, the Devil's Rejects, American
3: cinematic classics. I and didn't, couldn't, couldn't give, like, I do. I, I love Otis, like, or yeah, yeah. Um, Captain Spaulding. Yeah, no, I love Captain Spaulding. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think, like, he's iconic, yeah. iconic character. Couldn't care less about the films that he's in. Yeah, like, right. I just like him.
2: Yeah, yeah. So, look, I do think he's made, like, even Lords of Salem, I think, is just like almost a, an Argento type of fucking mind trip. But, um, but yeah, no, when he does these Halloweens and the 31s and all, I just really can't get on board with it. But, um, Anyway, so is that all you've got? Uh, no, let me no. guess. Let me guess. Arthur.
3: I actually like Arthur. Yeah, the Arthur remake's not bad. eh? <laughs> actually like uh, anything with Greta Gooig is good, but uh, I actually yeah I like. I mean, the original Arthur is a classic, mm-hmm. but the remake is just is nice. Yeah, it's just it's, nice. It's, a, it's, it's a not bit different. As, it's not as like. A, like once again, I'm not buying the poster and putting it up on my wall, but I enjoyed <laughs> yeah, it while it was I was watching it. It was harmless. I did too. Um, now I want to talk about uh, a film from 1998 directed by Ted Kotcheff called Switching Channels,
2: with Alan um, Arkin. No, hang on, Alan Birkin. No, what the fucking no. name?
3: It's close. Kathleen Turner. Oh,
2: that's not even close. What are you talking <laughs> no, well, about? Can... Hang on. Oh, what's what? the one Alan with? with and, uh, what's the one with Jimmy Kathleen Smiths? Turner. And she's hanging from a gun on the
3: post. Oh, that's Switch.
5: Oh, fucking hell. All right. I'm on a fucking roll a, today, yeah.
3: I'll tell you what. That's, a, that's one of the gender reversal. When where they? Jimmy Smith is a woman. Should just redo the whole episode? A yeah. Start again. <laughs> Start again. Uh, <laughs> uh, I'm just glad that this one doesn't, so far, it doesn't feature me singing yet. So um, <laughs> I didn't well. record quick enough. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, it's Kathleen Turner, Burt Reynolds, Christopher Reeve. Uh, and Ned Beatty, uh, and uh, and
2: oh, I do know this it one. does. It
3: does actually have one of my favorite things in films, and for some reason it, they seem to do it. They love doing it to him, but uh, it does. Henry Gibson, yep. who is like a little short, kind of slight guy, and they always get him to do weird acrobatic stunts in movies, and I love it. Like I always think that's hilarious. <laughs> and in this one, he's like a he's like this you know killer who's about to be. Uh, uh, electrocuted on the, and they literally want to do it on the electric chair, and they, they, there's a whole kind of subplot in the film where they talk about pulling the electric chair out of like its dusty room. But they haven't used it in 50 years just just to use it on this guy, and they're like, it's got technicians <laughs> like oiling the straps and stuff. Um, this is a, it's a remake of um, His Girl Friday. Oh, okay. Or uh, um, the front page. Yeah, yeah, which yeah. The, which His Girl Friday is on the front page. Mm. Basically, Burt Reynolds, uh, Kathleen Turner is like the star reporter of this TV news show and her ex-husband, uh, Bert Reynolds, is the um, station, the news the news manager or whatever they call it, or yep. the, the head of the news department or whatever yep. it is, the producer. And uh, she goes on a holiday and meets Christopher, and they're divorced. Mm-hmm. She goes on a holiday, meets Christopher Reeve, falls in love, comes back and decides she's going to quit. Right, and she's going to get a regular job and start a family, mm. and not be uh, the you know uh, was it New York or Chicago. I can't remember what city it is, but the the best reporter in yeah in town, willing to go everywhere and do anything for a story. And once again, Burt Reynolds, like like if you've seen His Good Friday, it's Cary Grant in this role. Yep. and Cary Grant is so damn charming and so <laughs> awesome that even when he's being an asshole, you want him to get back together with. Uh, with the girl in this. no, nah. Like, he's just like, Burt Reynolds is a prick. <laughs> and he's like, he's condescend Like he, like he bullies. Mm. Like Christopher Reeve, like admittedly, he's like a bit of a yappy in this. Yeah. But he's a perfectly nice guy. <laughs> and Burt Reynolds is just giving him shit. Like, mm. and trying to like, you know, um, like insult him constantly. Like he's constantly insulting him and stuff for no reason. And he, but he's, and it's not, it's not done in a, Like it's not like Christopher Reeve has has said something like obviously stupid, like Mm. sheltered or or like you know because he comes from a sheltered background or a privileged background. He's like a genuinely nice guy, and (laughs) Burt Reynolds is a piece of shit. (laughs) And it's just so hard to and Kath. I mean Kathleen Turner is so great. Mm. She's great in everything she's in, and it's just like and Ted Kotcheff is a great director. He makes great movies. Sure does. And this movie would have been great had it been. Had it been Tom Selleck instead of Burt Reynolds, (laughs) like just a different moustache, it would have been a much better film, like much better. But as it is, it's just a tough watch.
2: You're better off watching uh, or visiting the website Tom Selleck Waterfall Sandwich. You ever
3: seen that? No. Is that just all of Burt Reynolds' movies but if Tom Selleck was in them instead?
2: (laughs) No, it's just a whole lot of um, exotic backdrops of waterfalls (laughs) with Tom Selleck superimposed holding a sandwich. (laughs)
3: That, that sounds almost as good as the You're The Man, da- you're the man Now uh, dog website, <laughs> where it's just that. It's a picture of Sean Connery and it just goes, you're the man now, dog. 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 <laughs> and like, you can just sit there for hours listening to it and it becomes hypnotic. It sends you to sleep and you have nice dreams, oh, man. Well, knowing <laughs> for a, 100% fact that you are the man now.
2: Well, you know what? We're gonna change real really change tact right now because we're gonna to throw to the bonehead too. I, I didn't prep for this episode. This is uh, this is not really a remake segment. Um they're just talking about ape movies. Ape movies. Yeah. Right. I don't know why I would have at any point in time told them to talk about ape movies. Did we have anything planned
3: at any time that I've forgotten? Maybe, maybe, we'll, the show was on, we were on a break when Kong versus, uh, Godzilla vs. Kong came out. I don't know.
5: <laughs> oh, well, here they are. Welcome to Bonehead Weekly Fun Size. We're going, I don't have a joke here. I don't have a joke. Nothing sounds Oh, you're just,
7: you're just monkeying around is what you're doing. You That's didn't right. Anything because planned. what are we, what are we going to talk about, James? We're going to talk about our favorite simians, that would be apes, monkeys, etc. in film.
4: Oh and I will goodness. kick us
7: off with what I think is the best ape film, which would have to be Planet of the Apes. Now, it does have that classic ending. It has all that going on. But more importantly, if you haven't yet, check out Hanging with Dr. Z. It's Dr. zayas's new talk show. Dana Gold may be involved. That is the, the fact that exists now because of Planet of the Apes means Planet of the Apes was worth it. And Planet of the Apes is pretty good anyway. But there you go. It's Dr. Zayas is the best ape of all
5: time. I mean, those are okay, but it's two on the nose. It's all horse shit. Here's what you need to do. And you know what? Glenn's going to love this. Cannonball run two. I need Clyde or whoever Clyde was sitting there with Tony, whatever his name is, from Taxi and who's the boss. Danza? Tony, Tony Danza? Danza Hold driving me closer, a limousine. Tony Danza? Driving a limousine.
7: Was that the same one as Clyde? Was that the same? Did I'm, I'm assuming sure? it's the
5: same damn one as Clyde. Let's. I hope it is. It's a an orangutan. Clyde, and that Clyde be was different. a national treasure. It's a national treasure. If you don't have a sequel to a bad movie. Okay. Which is kind of even, I like cannonball run. It's fun, but no one won an Oscar for it. I was about to say, I didn't know if you were talking about any, which way you can. Or no, no, <laughs> no, no. I'm going to go with cannonball run too. If I don't have a limo being fake drive by. Drived. Drive. Drove. Driven. driven driven there we go part. absolutely so
1: uh before we agreed to do this episode i never heard favorite ape movie so i am going based on that and i am going to talk about joe's favorite director frank marshall i know your favorite director is gary marshall and i'm going to talk about congo
5: <laughs> actually frank marshall probably did give us a little bit more than than gary
1: gary marshall
5: <laughs> yeah because he did some fine producing work
1: he gave us arachnophobia Congo uh, is Campbell. Yeah. In five Uh,
5: minutes. And Tim Curry. Uh, And, uh, but it's
1: 1995. It's based on a Michael Crichton novel, which I read the novel Congo before seeing this movie. I actually enjoyed the novel. I hated the movie. (laughs) And then I went back and read the novel again and realized I hate the novel too. (laughs) Are they similar?
7: They're, but they're pretty close. so the, the so you like the novel went to very rarely does that happen by the yeah. way you like the novel you go see the movie and you're like nope novel sucks nope. now
1: too no, yeah, yeah novel yeah. sucks now too but no it is a terrible movie that the the apes in it are clearly fake but it's what? worth a,
7: they didn't <laughs> get real ones no they didn't create a super hybrid ape that what? lives in the woods what in the condo, I guess. kubrick uh, didn't help <laughs> yeah, and it's Late, all about, fake that moon landing
1: horse shit and it's all about these people taking a semi-intelligent ape into this 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 jungle to see what happened to this other expedition and there they find other apes who are murderous and you gotta watch it to enjoy the, the, the sheer lunacy and campiness of Congo
7: or just watch Sea Quest where they do the same thing with the dolphin and yeah. a special
1: shout out to Captain Simeon and the Space
5: Monkeys oh. this has been Bonehead Weekly Fun Size <laughs>
2: And that was Joe Lewis, Chad Jennings, and James Thomas from the Bonehead Weekly, a podcast all the way from Kentucky. And Well, you know, look, they did do Planet of the Apes. That's a remake. Mm. So there we go. There's our there's a, there's, there's a
3: thin thread. Do you reckon they listen to the show?
2: Nah, I don't
3: think they do. We listen to theirs. Like, uh, like I, I throw enough shout outs their way, I never get a I never get any kind of <laughs> love back. Let's let's. Direct
2: this conversation at them. At them. Hey, Boneheads, <laughs> respond. Respond.
3: Just say anything. Yeah. Just like we're friends on Facebook. Yep. Hit me
2: up. Yeah, let us know
3: you're listening. Yeah. We listen to you. <laughs> Admittedly, only listen to the first 10 minutes and go, I need subtitles for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> Switch off.
2: And if you're wondering where you can find them, they're on the Project Louder Network or wherever you get your podcast from. Just look up Bonehead Weekly. So, um, all right, we're about to talk about movies that we'd like to see remade. Um, but first, we're going to hear from Adam Ross about a particular remake he has on his mind. Do you have any guesses? Or have I already told you? You've told me oh, what it okay. is. Okay, well then, let's have a
7: listen.
8: <laughs> hey guys, it's Adam here from Adam's Just Seen with another Good Movie Monday recommendation. This week, we are doing remakes. And the remake that I have landed on is the remake of Wes Craven's classic, The Hills Have Eyes. This remake by director Alexandra Arja is, I think, a modern horror classic. Arja's actually got a new film out on Netflix this week, Oxygen, that you should check out. But this is his English language debut. He splashed onto the scene with a French language film called High Tension that just absolutely blew my socks off. It was part of French new wave extremity, horror films that basically had no boundaries in terms of violence and a movie that still lives in infamy in a lot of pockets of, you know, of horror fandom. When this guy was coming to the US, we all got really excited because not only is he an incredible technician, but we're like, what is, can he keep the sensibility and can he do it within the studio system with a bigger budget? I was concerned. I thought, you know, this guy's gonna get muted. This film is gonna be, you know, it's gonna be a mess because that's often what happens when you get these people with singular visions and then you try to shoehorn them into the studio system. Could I have been more wrong? This movie is incredible. Uh, in terms of two as well, for being from a mainstream studio and just pulling absolutely no punches and allowing Aja to actually go further into those sensibilities. The dude's got a budget now. So, you know, this movie, which is about the Carter family, which are making their way through the New Mexico desert, and they encounter mutants, uh, and not sexy mutants like Hugh Jackman and the cast of the X Men, gross mutants, uh, is an incredible playground for someone with Aja's sensibilities to just go apeshit. Um, you know, this movie has got so many opportunities to pull back and to be more conservative, and Aja just goes in the opposite direction. He puts his foot down on the pedal and he says, You like horror? Check this out. I mean, when movies are released theatrically and they're r-rated and they're horror i just go that doesn't happen very often uh, often at all it happens once or twice a year so for me it is appointment viewing i remember that when this came out i said to my younger brother we just have to go and check this movie out and about three or four times during it we just turned to each other and looked at each other like holy shit you know i have really enjoyed the films of alexandra Aja. he did crawl a couple of years back and i just think that you know the guy is an excellent technical filmmaker i think that he really revels in elements of genre and i think that he creates fantastic suspense so i mean look this is like a really bad date movie uh and the, well it depends on who your date is but because of its extremity, but I just think The Hills Have Eyes. If you want to see someone pushing the boundaries of horror, showing great technical skill as a filmmaker, and it's got a fantastic cast there as well, um, I just think that you should check this movie out. You you wouldn't be wrong to maybe look and go, oh, okay, like, you know, a modernized remake of this, you know, of this classic, this is going to be crap, but, you know, this is just, you know, a rare case of someone else coming into an existing property and bringing a new, even more extreme sensibility to it. Hell, remakes get a really bad rap all the time, but there are a bunch that I absolutely love and this is the horror one that I thought that I should share with you guys. Hills Have Eyes, check it out ASAP.
2: Well, that was completely unexpected. Uh, I-, I was waiting for like Scarface or Three Tent to Humor or The Departed or something like that. That would have been true Adam fashion. Yeah. But, um, yeah, he'll have eyes. I thought
3: he was going to talk about Cinderella Man again. <laughs> <laughs> I, don't I, don't think that, I don't think that's a remake, but uh, I'd be willing to go with it.
2: Um, as I said at the start of the show, you can find him on Triple M and Ticket TV, but go to the Adam's Just Seen Facebook page, because that's where he hangs out, and you can engage with him. That brings us to movies we would like to see remade, and I'll tell you what, we're we're clashing here, like, you've foiled me three times, I think, now, and... And you've thrown one of my favourites into your dislike pile. <laughs> um, I have two absolute bangers, but I want you to go first. And let me guess—it's Ghost Dad.
3: Close, <laughs> very close. You're playing along very well. It's a Nudist Colony of the Dead.
2: <laughs> could you remake is, that?
3: I—I th- I don't see why not. There, there's, <laughs> I mean, you could remake it, but this time with actual nudity, because there's no—the only nudity in Nudist Colony of the Dead is like one of the nudists who, but she's like she's basically wearing a stocking like a she's got like boobs that sag down she's like this old crone and she's got boobs that sag down to her knees but it's clearly just like stockings with uh with a crumbled up paper so, in them <laughs> so she leaves a very distinct trail in the sand yeah <laughs> 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 Very much so. But they like, you know, I mean, I wouldn't, I would hate for them to jazz up the songs because the songs are perfect. Because right. it's a music, if, you have, mm. if you, you've seen no, it. I haven't. You've never seen it? I actually did a screening of it at uh, Friday Fright Nights at Toledo way it, back you when. You have told me about
2: this, actually. It's all um, coming back to
3: me. It is like a bunch of, te- like a, <laughs> there's a nudist colony.
2: Have you had this as a, you've had this as a recommendation on the show? Uh,
3: I reckon you have. Maybe. Do we it, listen to the show? No, I don't. <laughs> it would have been very early on and it would have yeah. just been because it was literally behind me on the shelf.
2: Or, or you might have been talking about Friday Fright um, Nights.
3: Maybe that's what it was. Maybe that's what it was. Um, oh, well, maybe when I did the ad, when yeah, I was doing I mean. those ads for Friday Fright Nights. But it, it's a um, there's a, <laughs> there's a nudist colony that the local church group disapproves of. Mm-hmm. So they plan to shut it down and rather than give up their nudist lifestyle, all the members of the nudist colony... Uh, drink poison and die Swearing to come back And uh, kill any uh, religious nut Awesome that, uh, that sets foot on the property And of course the church Turned it into a, a teen A teen summer camp Yeah Closed. So and then this and that's basically it's like like it becomes like a Friday the Thirteenth but yeah. with Nudis instead of Jason. Why would you want to remake that? Sounds perfect. Jason's mum. It it is it is one hundred percent perfect. But I would like to see a remake because mm-hmm. uh, it, it was I think he did it on a shoestring budget. Yeah. Um. I, you know. Who more. would you
2: Who would you have directed? Oh, that's
3: a good. Uh, Where's Anderson? Maybe <laughs> <laughs> just as a little something yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just something a little a little different. Uh, hmm. Maybe the guy who did American Pie. I don't know who that guy Chris Wheats? Is. Chris Wheats? Yeah, yeah. Okay, um, that's a good question. I did not. I did not think about who <laughs> I would have in the films or who would uh, make them. Yeah, I, just that they would exist. I've
2: got to admit, I didn't think about that with mine either. Um, the movie I want to see remade first is Slipstream, that post-apocalyptic uh, sci-fi from 1989, which I think is a great movie, but it's a it's it's a flawed film in so many ways. I think budget restraints and, and a fallout with producers, kind of you know. Drove it into the ground. So they just had to give all the money to Mark Hamill. <laughs> well, maybe. that's where all the budget was. Because the, the, the producer of it had a falling out with George Lucas in between Empire Strikes Back and Return of the Jedi. So he went away and made this film with Hamill. Right. But um, but what a cast. I mean, you've got Bill Paxton in it. You've got Bob Peck, um, F. Murray Abraham, Ben Kingsley, Robbie Coltrane. Hang
3: on. I, did, I was pretty sure that contractually F. Murray Abraham and Ben Kingsley couldn't be in the same movie together. <laughs> They're like they're just taking each other's parts?
2: <laughs> well, in this one...
3: Are they playing brothers? <laughs> yeah.
2: <laughs> I just... Look, I was I was a bit besotted with this film as a kid because the visuals are amazing. The, the poster
3: last, is incredible. The last time I saw it was as a kid. I don't remember much of what happens. In if
2: you've it. never seen it, it's on Amazon Prime in Australia at least. And
3: and I, I used to get it mixed up with uh, Time Guardian.
2: Oh as yeah, well. of course. That's an easy mix-up, and there is also, yeah. of course there's an Anthony Hopkins movie called Slipstream as well. As well, yeah, yeah. But I just think it's a movie that it, it, it sort of it fell short of its target from the get-go, and it just always could have benefited from more money, better you know, better script maybe, and just a better execution. So I would love to see that. And uh, what's what do you got next? Let me guess. Explorers.
3: No, okay. no. Why mess with perfection? Yeah, true. Uh, no, I. <laughs> This, <laughs> Heavenly Bodies, uh, <laughs> the aerobics off classic, Canadian classic uh, from 1984. And but primarily, I have to say, I would like this to be remade just so somebody could release the original <laughs> on uh, DVD or Blu-ray. Because mm. the, uh, the, fan- the original movie is fantastic. It's directed by Lawrence, Lawrence Dane, who uh, is the only film he's ever directed, but because he's, he's an actor. He's in things like Happy Birthday to Me and Scanners and stuff. Like yeah. He's in a bunch of stuff um it has a f- amazing soundtrack and it it is it is a movie about two gyms that have an aerobics off for, literally for pink slips of the gym it's like it's like grease but with aerobics <laughs> it's,
2: like, it's like those uh those feuding camp movies where you got two yeah. sides of the lake and, yeah. they're... and they're and they're going
3: head <laughs> to head in a winner takes all type uh mm-hmm. you know it's it's mortal combat it's mortal combat in the fight for earth realm but in oh, this yeah. case earth realm is, a, is an aerobic studio in a uh, dilapidated warehouse.
2: A.K.A. Ernest Goes to Camp. Yeah. Yeah.
3: Geez, I'm glad it's raining so no one can see me cry. <laughs>
2: <laughs> what a song. We should put that on the show.
3: Yes, yeah.
2: <laughs> uh, the other one I want to see remade is from 2005. Peter Hams. Directed this one to so the sound of thunder, also starring Ben Kingsley. Wow, maybe he's the poison chalice. Maybe he's the reason this film's he's didn't the do well. But also starred Edward Burns and Catherine McCormack, and it's uh, it's based on a Ray Bradbury story. Right, and I've
3: never w- heard of this film.
2: Well, th- there's a reason because halfway through the production, the the production company went bankrupt, and Peter Hans was given no more money to finish the film. So he had to release it with all the previous effects, like it wasn't complete. Right. So it came out on like through roadshow or somewhere like that. It may be Sony, and it's just yeah, not complete. But it's about time tourism. So it's a company that offer big game hunting of dinosaurs to you know millionaires and all that kind of stuff. Right. Uh, and obviously things can go wrong with that. But unfortunately, the execution is so bad. Like everything looks like it's soundstage and green screen, and the effects aren't realised yet. I
3: think, and what's it called?
2: The Sound of Thunder.
3: No, I have seen this. Yeah. And they they come the everything comes into the future or whatever yeah. it is. And it like they back. change the they change the course of history. So then yeah. Ed Burns. Yeah, I have seen this. I actually quite liked it. I didn't no, realize it was, that's uh, it. it was I like
2: uh, it. That's my problem is that I like it. I didn't realize it, it was
3: unfinished. The story is great. And but yeah.
2: there's so much that could be improved with it that I think yeah. if you gave this a, like if Spielberg had have done this, it would have yeah. been amazing. But Peter Haynes, who was his glory days were the seventies and eighties, let's face it, and by this stage in two thousand and five, he's you know, bit past his prime. Yeah, just anyone else that's good with special effects could have done amazing things with this one. So
3: as it was, I thought the special effects were pretty impressive. Um You reckon? It's just a bit of like I I, look I honestly I Some of the dinosaurs were. But then you can see where it all comes. And stuff and when they're walking through New York, I just thought they just it was like one of those things where Like, if it was Spielberg, it would have been, like, a vista of the city. Yeah, yeah. Like, and in this, like, we're just going to show you this sidewalk. And it's, funnily enough, it's the same sidewalk that's in Seinfeld. that's really
2: interesting you say that, because when I first watched it, the sidewalk scene's kind of notable at the start. Like, there's a big scene with Edward Burns walking along the sidewalk, and I'm thinking, this is really film noir. Like, it kind of has this really strange aesthetic to it, almost Sin City-like. Yeah. And then I realised, no, it's just the effects are not
3: finished. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, I'm going to go back and watch it, because,
2: yeah. It's a little bit beyond previews. Like, it's definitely I mean, I think not it's, complete.
3: I think its biggest problem was its... Like, seemingly completely unrelated title. Like, it, the title is does not stick in your memory at no. all. Like, I have seen that film. I saw it theatrically, <sighs> I'm pretty sure. And... Didn't didn't know that's what you were talking about? Yeah, there you until go. you kind of described the plot. And
2: I think that's the title of the book, and that references some kind of poetic verse or something that's
3: got to do with evolution yeah, or something right. like that. But anyway. and it, look, I have to say, it did come out around the time I was watching. I loved everything that Ed Burns was doing. Yeah, it's good. Like I like Sidewalks in New York. I liked. Um,
2: go figure, Sidewalks in New York.
3: I really like that film, and I like. He's, um,
2: he's, he's obsessed with Sidewalks.
3: Yeah, and that what's that one with Angelina Jolie where she's the. Uh, She's the weather woman, or whatever it is, or the news anchor.
6: That's she's right. She's the news
3: anchor, and um, it's not picture perfect. She's funnily enough, she's walking on the sidewalk, <laughs> and uh, there's a Tony Shalhoub for- uh, tells us she's going to die in uh, That's twenty-four right. hours. That is right. To, I've forgotten the name of that
2: one. Um, but, um there's a there's a show for us. I, sidewalk movies. I was gonna that or movies that we can't remember the names of. But we <laughs> <like>. Mate, <laughs> we release that episode every week. <laughs> yeah. And with that, it's uh, it's time for us to go. So, um, we're at the end of the show. Big thank you to Jarrett, Gemo, Adam, Joe, Chad, James, as always. Find them on their social media. Please engage with them. Engage with us, too. Find Good Movie Monday on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, Twitter. We put out a whole lot of content for the show every week. Two exclusive videos. We put lots of random trivia, giveaways, all that kind of stuff. So, please like, comment, and share the show with your friends because without your help, we can't grow... Uh, Thanks again to you for listening. And Ben, adios to you. Do you have any parting words? Uh,
3: No, just check us out on Letterboxd. I said no and then I had parting words. (laughs) It's 100% me, this show. But uh, yeah, follow us on Letterboxd. Every film that we discuss in the show is listed there. It's uh, letterboxd.com slash I think Good Movie Monday.
2: Let's have a prediction. What do you reckon the, the, the tally count of films on this week's letterbox will be? I
3: reckon it's going to be less than normal. Like it's we've been averaging somewhere in the ninety, yeah. ninety films per episode. <sighs> I reckon this this time we'll probably come in at about seventy. Okay. Well that's wait, my prediction.
2: Go and check it out and see if we're right. Um so this week we're gonna leave you with a song that is it's one of the last songs that Johnny Cash ever wrote. And it's um it's called The Man Comes Around.
3: I think you chose this one. I did indeed. It's uh the opening credits song for um, Dawn of the Dawn of the Dead remake. And it perfectly, perfectly sets the tone of the film.
2: It certainly does. But it's also featured in The Hunted, which is arguably a remake of First Blood. The Hunted movie. with Tommy Lee Jones.
3: Yes. That's a remake of First Blood? He's. Just... I said arguably. Okay. <laughs> because it's I the same have... movie. It's the same movie. Is it? Yeah. I just, like, I thought, like... <laughs> I don't know, there's that weird thing about making a knife... That he runs through it, and we'll Benicio de Toro is just on the run. Like, we'll I, I didn't know that he was a, we'll a drifter being persecuted by a small town sheriff because he of not, his post traumatic stress. Not
2: all remakes are that verbatim, my friend. It's not a remake. I said it's. <laughs> it could be. Fucking hell. We'll leave that for another conversation. But it was also. I didn't, I didn't get it. It was also featured on um, my best friend's girl, Logan, Killing Them Softly. This song is everywhere.
3: And did you know that Logan was like a arguably a remake of Bring It On?
2: (laughs) (laughs) See you next week.
9: There's a man going round taking names. in each sip and in each sup, Will you partake of that last offered cup or disappear into the potter's ground when the man comes around? Hear the trumpets, hear the pipers, 100 million angels singing. The whirlwind Is in the thorn tree It's hard for thee To kick against the pricks Till Armageddon No shalom, no shalom Then the father hen Will call his chickens home The wise men will bow down Before the throne And at his feet it's Alpha and Omega's kingdom come And the whirlwind is in the thorn tree The virgins are all trimming their wicks The whirlwind is in the thorn tree It's hard for thee to kick against the pricks In measured a hundred weight and penny pound.